Thank you, Helen. Do please keep your Bibles open at that passage from 1 John chapter 4, page 1227, if you've already closed your Bibles. <clears throat> so one of my favourite writers is the Irish playwright George Bernard Shaw. In the early days of wireless in this country, he found himself giving a radio talk on the peculiarities of the English language. And he mentioned that there are just two words in English which begin with the sound sh, but which are spelt not with an sh, but with the letters su. A listener wrote in to say that she didn't believe this statement to be true. She said there was only one such word, the word sugar. She received a postcard in return from the great man, on which was written was just one sentence. Madam, are you sure? Madam, are you sure? It's actually a very good question. And it's my question to you this morning. In fact, it is John's question in his letter. Question posed to his readers in our Bible passage. Are you sure? If you're a Christian in church this morning, are you sure of your faith? Are you sure of God's love for you? Are you sure that God abides in you and you in him by his spirit? Are you sure who Jesus is? Are you sure of your salvation? Are you sure of eternal life? And if you're in church today or you're watching online and you're not a follower of Jesus, at least not yet, then you are especially welcome. But are you sure? Are you sure you're headed in the right direction? I mean, are you really sure? Now, the Apostle John wrote this first letter to give assurance to his readers. And he knew what he was talking about because he had been with Jesus. He had witnessed the truth. He had literally seen the light. And this was how his readers could be sure by trusting in the same Jesus and not in their own ways, by following the path of light and not the path of darkness, by choosing obedience over disobedience, love over hate, a God-centered life over a world-centered life. And this is a lesson for us today, isn't it, here at St. Mary's in Chesham, which is why we've dug really deep into this letter of John, his first letter, to look at our three core values here at St. Mary's. Nurturing biblical faith, offering gospel hope, and showing Christ-like love. And at the heart of these core values, at the heart of our faith, at the heart of our gospel hope, at the heart of our loving actions as Christians, is a simple truth. And it's expressed elegantly and succinctly in our passage this morning. Just look at verse 16. Three simple words. God is love. God is love. Now, it's very easy to take these three words out of their context. We might stick them on the side of a coffee mug, perhaps, or on a fridge magnet, or on a bumper sticker. God is love. Now, if you've done that, that's fine. I have nothing against pithy messages on the side of coffee mugs. 
My wife, Ruth, once gave me a coffee mug for my birthday. Didn't have a Bible verse on it. Here it is. Instead, it read, Tottenham Hotspur supporters mug. Note, not to be confused with a cup. (laughs) Thank you, Ruth. She certainly knows how to hurt me. Now, what really hurt me about this, actually, if we can have it back. Thanks, Rachel. What really hurt me about this was not the insult against Tottenham, because we Spurs fans are used to it, but it's the absence of a possessive apostrophe in supporters. (laughs) Thank you, Rachel. But if Ruth had given me a mug with a Bible verse on it, it could have said, God is love. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16. In fact, these nine verses from 1 John chapter 4 that were read to us, they were almost tailor-made for the personalized coffee mug and fridge magnet industries because they are jam-packed with powerful biblical one-liners. Just look at verse 17. We will have confidence on the day of judgment. Or verse 18, perfect love drives out fear. Or verse 19, we love because he first loved us. And as we've seen, verse 16, of course, God is love. But what do all these powerful verses really mean? And in particular, what does it mean when John writes, God is love? Now, I could say as a bold statement this morning that Jeremy Moody is a better looking silver fox than George Clooney. But stating it would not make it true. And indeed, the briefest of glances at me would show that it was demonstrably untrue. You see, the statement needs to be substantiated. And we know that God is love, yes, because the Bible tells us so, yes, because the Apostle John tells us so in his letter, but also we know it because of what God has done. As John writes elsewhere, in his Gospel, in fact, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's existential love, the love that was and is at the very heart of his being, was so great, so integral to his person, that he gave his Son to die for us, to give us eternal life, to bring us back into relationship with him. You see, you can tell the character of a person by what they do, above all. On this Remembrance Sunday, we remember with thankfulness those who gave their lives in defense of our country and in defense of freedom. And we remember those like our very own Jimmy James, who was here at the nine o'clock service, a World War II fighter pilot, who survived and yet who sacrificed so much. There were countless acts of bravery during both world wars. Perhaps like me, you've been watching the new BBC drama about the founders of the SAS, Rogue Heroes. The language is a bit fruity, so it comes with a bit of a warning, but uh, it's a great drama which highlights the amazing courage of these men. One of the SAS founders, the Ulsterman, Paddy Main, he won four DSOs, or rather one DSO and three bars. Almost unprecedented. In fact, a few years ago, there was even a campaign in Parliament to give him a posthumous uh, Victoria Cross. 
Such were his brave deeds. You see, his actions revealed his character. What did Jesus say? By their fruit, you will recognize them. And so it is with God. We know that he is love because of what he has done. He has made the ultimate act of love, the giving of his son, Jesus, for our sakes. I don't know whether you know that around the tomb of the unknown warrior in Westminster Abbey, there are um, Bible verses written. One of them is actually by the same Apostle John. Greater love hath no man than this. For some reason, they don't actually finish the Bible verse, but that's fine because we know what it is. Here it is, King James Version. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus, the Son of God, God himself laid down his life for us. That is how we can be sure that God is love. So we know the statement to be true. God is love because it is borne out by God's actions. It's borne out by the cross of Calvary. But what does it mean in practice for us that God is love? How does it give us assurance of our status before God? If the question from John in his letter to his readers and also to us this morning is, are you sure? Then why is the answer, yes, I am sure, because God is love. Well, in these 13 verses, 1 John chapter 4, John gives us three assurances that we can take away from this amazing fact that God is love. And the first is this, that we can have intimacy with God. Intimacy is very much the theme of John's first letter, intimacy with God. The Greek word used for abide or remain or live, meaning to, it literally means to take up permanent residence with someone. It appears 24 times in this short letter, and it appears six times in our parish, in our passage. Just look at verse 13. This is how we know that we live in him, God, and he in us. And then verse 15, and this is a wonderful verse, a wonderful summary of the gospel. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And then finally, the last part of verse 16, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Of course, there's nothing more intimate than going to live with someone, than taking up permanent residence with them. And the God who is love has, out of that love, enabled us to take up permanent residence with him, us in him and he in us. And here's the thing. This isn't just a theoretical permission. It's not just an offering of the keys to take up residence with God. God has given us two amazing gifts as tokens of this intimacy, as tokens of our right to abide with him, he in us, and us in him. And the first gift, the first token, we see it in verse 14. It is, of course, Jesus. Just look at verse 14. We have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And the second gift is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Just look at verse 13. 
This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And this is the same spirit who produces fruitfulness in us. Galatians 5, fruitfulness, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And what's the one I've missed out? Love. The Son sent to be our Savior, to bring us back into relationship with him, with the Father. The Holy Spirit, given that we might be fruitful, above all, with love. These are the gifts of a God who is love, who wants us to have an intimate relationship with him. The second assurance is that we have ultimate security. I've already mentioned that one of the fridge magnet verses here in 1 John chapter 4 is verse 18. Perfect love drives out fear. But fear of what? Fear of spiders? Fear of heights? Fear of long, boring sermons? There are so many phobias, aren't there? Did you, did you know there's actually a word for the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth? Anybody have that fear? Do you know what it's called? It's called arachibotyrophobia. Arachibotyrophobia. But if we just focus on those five words taken out of context, perfect love drives out fear, we risk missing the point. Because the fear that John is talking about is not fear of peanut butter, it's not fear of long sermons, it's fear of punishment. He mentions it in verse 18. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Punishment is what we should fear because we have rebelled against God. We have sinned against him. But we don't need to fear. Why? Because God is love and his perfect love has driven out our fear. How? Because, as it says in verse 17, in this world we are like Jesus. The righteousness of the Son of God is credited to us through the Son of God, through his death on the cross, and his taking of our sins upon himself. And as a result, we can have ultimate security. So, because God is love, we can have intimacy with him. We can be sure of our ultimate security in him. And the third and final assurance is that we will be transformed by God's love. Just to put it another way, because God is love and he has given us the gifts of his son, Jesus, and his Holy Spirit, we have been crafted, we have been made into vessels which receive God's love and which then pour out that love to others. Just look at verse 19. We love because he first loved us. Fridge magnet, what? You'll need a bigger fridge magnet for this next one. Look at verse 20. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar, for whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God, whom they have not seen. The God who is love pours out his love into us by his Holy Spirit, and we cannot do anything but share that same love with others, those around us. That's why showing Christ-like love is one of our core values here at St. Mary's. You see, for us followers of Jesus, love is not 
and optional extra. It is an essential part of our job description as followers of Jesus. It is the essence of what being a Christian is about. So as I close, I return to that question from George Bernard Shaw, spelt S-H, by the way. Madam, are you sure? It's a question for all of us this morning. Are you sure? It's a question posed by John in his letter. It's a question to which he provides his own answer based on his own witness and testimony as a disciple of Jesus. And the answer is yes, you can be sure because God is love. And that truth means that we can have intimacy with God. We can have security in him through Jesus. We can have, as it says in verse 17, confidence on the day of judgment. And we will be transformed by that same love so that his love pours out through us onto others. Isn't that amazing assurance? So my friends, are you sure now? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that, as it says in the Psalms, your love endures forever. We thank you that your love was expressed not in a feeling or an emotion, but in an action, the sending of your Son, Jesus, into the world to die for us. May we know that love for ourselves. May we have true intimacy with you in Jesus. May we be assured of our security in Christ. And may the love that we receive from you be poured out onto others, not for our sake, but for the sake of Jesus, in whose name we pray.